Welcome to the Short Fuse podcast, produced by Elizabeth Howard for the Arts Fuse, the online journal of arts commentary and criticism. This episode of the Short Fuse is a conversation with the beloved South African writer, painter, filmmaker, and composer, Sax Emda. He was in New York for the opening reception of the South African Cultural Center at the South African Consulate before traveling to South Africa for he has two books being published in October. I'm Elizabeth Howard, your host. Welcome. In the preface to the catalog for the exhibition, Africa, Art of a Continent, Cornell West, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, professor of philosophy and Christian practice at Union Theological Seminary wrote, art never simply reflects reality. Rather, it forces us to engage our past and present so that we see the fragility and contingency of our prevailing views of reality. In this way, art can and does change the world. There is a tenacious human will to survive and thrive with artistic beauty and worldly engagement in history, then and now. The exhibition was on view at the Royal Academy in London from October 1995 to January 1996 and later traveled to the Guggenheim in New York City. It seemed appropriate to return to these words the opening of the South African Cultural Center on September 23rd. Speaking at the festive reception that included South African music and dance, Dr. Naledi Pandor, South African Minister of International Relations and Cooperation, in her remarks commented, we hope the South African Cultural Center will provide South Africa-based artists and those in the diaspora with a platform to share their work. The African Union has declared the year 2021 as the year of the arts, culture, and heritage, lovers for building the Africa we want. She shared a quote by former President Nelson Mandela, our rich and varied cultural heritage has a profound power to help build our nation. We recorded a brief conversation with Zach's Emda the day after the reception in the Cultural Center. He talked about his two books being published in South Africa. Arola, A Journey into Ten Ancient African Civilizations, was launched by the University of Cape Town on October 1st. And Wayfarer's Hymn is being published by Penguin Random House, South Africa, on October 16th. You've published 25 books, the 11 are novels, and the rest are collections of plays and poetry and a monograph. You have a new book being published by Penguin South Africa entitled Wayfarer's Hymn, which is being released in South Africa on October 1st. I'm not certain when it will be available in the United States, but perhaps you can tell us about this book. In fact, I have two books that I'm releasing next month. The October 1st one is different from the Wayfarer's Hymns, because the Wayfarer's Hymns will be launched on October 16th. The, the October 1st one is middle grade level historical fiction, which explores ancient civilizations in Africa, the Nubians, Ghana, Mali, and so on. That's the one I'm launching on the first day at the University of Cape Town. The novel you are talking about, The Wayfarer's Hymns, is set in South Africa as well, in Lesotho mm -hmm. and Johannesburg. And it's about Lesotho musicians. 
who play a genre of music, of music called uh, FAMO, F-A-M-O. And in recent years, gang wars have developed amongst these musicians in their competition for whatever, you know, audiences, record companies. The musicians themselves have become gang leaders. People die in these wars, all in the name of who is the best. So my story then in this novel is set in that environment. You might have noticed when you looked at my paintings yesterday, there are some which are, are named FAMO series, F-A-M-O series. And most of them will feature either the concertina, the musical instrument, or the accordion. Those are the dominant musical instruments in that genre of music. So in other words, then, those paintings are more influenced then by the theme of my novel, the novel that I'm launching on October the 16th in Pretoria, South Africa. It seems to me that this could be such an important book. If we look at what's happening in the United States, we have so many tribes, one going up against another. The arts can bring people together. And I think that's what the Cultural Center at the South African Consulate will do. It helps us tell the story. Yes. It sounds like a book that Nelson Mandela would have really embraced. Well, I don't know about that. He's not there to speak for himself now. He might have liked it or not. Who knows? Because, you know, it depends on his taste as a reader. Uh-huh. He would learn something from it, just as I also learned something uh, when I was researching it. Because it's the side of life that very few people know about in the Soto or in South Africa, the, these gangs. Something very much like what used to happen here in the rap culture, rap, hip-hop culture, East Coast, West Coast. And then, of course, there would be all those battles battling through the art, you know, through rap, but now actually physically fighting and killing one another. That's exactly the same thing that's happening in this genre of music. The battles begin with the music itself, dissing one another through music. And then, of course, followers, fans, and everybody gets into the fray. And there, then it's even worse than what was happening here and the West Coast, East Coast situation. Because there, I mean, people die every weekend. There are funerals of musicians, choral boys, who died from these battles amongst musician gang members. I hope as time goes on, somebody, some producer will, will read it and be interested in adapting it into film or whatever other medium, stage, as you say. A number of my novels have indeed been adapted as stage plays. I have two that have adapted into opera and so on. So my work does translate into other art forms. So when you're writing them, do you think that it's the process of writing the words which helps you capture the ideas from your mind and then you can think about how to put them in other mediums? No, in, many, in some instances, I don't even put them myself into other media. Because for other, me, for other media, I write original. I mean, if I write a poem, it's originally a poem. Mm-hmm. If I write a novel, it's a novel. If I, if I write a stage play, it's a stage play. If I write a film script, it's a film script. It's other producers then who will read the novel and decide to adapt it into film. Mm-hmm. It's always never my initiative to do that. 
you know, somebody options the rights, and then they they create it into that. As for my operating into different art forms and, and different media, well, it, it is just how I view art. Mm. You see, for me, art is art is art is art. In my mind, I don't have categories that, oh, I'm a painter and I can only be a painter and not a musician. Oh, I'm a novelist. I can only be a novelist and not a playwright. Mm-hmm. I view art in a holistic manner. Mm-hmm. I wake up one day, I feel like writing a, a script for the stage. I do that. Why? Because I have an idea for that particular medium, that particular art form. You see, I, I get a basic idea that, hey, this is a story. Because all I see myself as, even when I'm painting, I see myself as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I get a basic idea that here is a story that demands to be told. Mm-hmm. At that point, I will not know it demands to be told as what. That's not my, my decision. Mm-hmm. The story itself then tells me that I am the kind of a story that can only be a novel. If you try to write me as a poem or if you try to paint me, I won't work as that. Or I'm the kind of a story that can be a stage play or should be a stage play, which means that the story itself, the basic idea, when the basic idea for a story comes, it comes with that baggage Mm. of saying that, narrate me and narrate me as a stage play or film or a, a novel or whatever. So it shapes itself that way. I'm sorry, I can't go to London this fall, probably, but tell us about the play in London. Oh, you know, it's one of my very old plays. I think it's more than 40 years old. Uh-huh. Because, you know, lots of my plays continue to, to be performed in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And many of them are plays that were written during the days of apartheid. Mm-hmm. For instance, this one and the girls uh, in their Sunday dresses, is a waiting for Godot kind of situation where these two women are in a line, or what we call a queue or over there, and waiting for, I think they are waiting for a donation, a food aid kind of situation. It's during the apartheid when things were very bad for black people in the townships. So it's about that wait, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting to be served. Mm. And they are in their Sunday dresses. Mm. So that that is the gist of the play. We're at the South African Consulate to celebrate the inaugural exhibition in the new gallery. It's the collection of your collages of acrylics on canvas. And the pieces incorporate fabric, newsprint, mirrors, and other three-dimensional found objects. You titled the collection Washboards in Mirrors. We can't see the work since we're in a dialogue here, but perhaps you can describe some of the work. These are multimedia works in that uh, they are collages. Mm -hmm. As you have already mentioned, the primary media are acrylics on canvas. But then I use other material as well, newsprint, for instance, fabric. You know, they all come together in order to create the storytelling that I'm telling in these paintings. Because as I said, 
even in my painting, I see myself as a storyteller. I also use various found objects, which are three-dimensional, on the painting, which means that the painting then will have those sculptural elements in it, instead of just being flat on canvas. It can have an old shoe plastered there, as some might have. It may have a washboard. You remember the washboard, baby? Yes. So there's only one washboard factory left in the United States. And it is in Logan, Ohio, where I live. It is the only washboard factory. The people who buy washboards today are not really buying them for washing clothes because people take things, you know, to wash they have washing machines or to the laundromat and so on. The washboard today is bought by collectors of things like that. But it is also used uh, a lot by musicians. It's used by musicians, yes. Yes. That's how I think of it today. That's how you think of it today. Yes. There are various genres of, of, of music where they use the washboard. Now, in the Appalachian region where I live, you'll find that a lot of jazz musicians use the washboard, but even more so, you know, bluegrass and other genres, other mountain genres, as I would like to call them, use the washboard. So I incorporate the washboard in my paintings because my paintings tell narratives about performance, about music, about dance, but they also tell narratives of domesticity, narrative of patriarchy as well, you see. So the washboard serves a number of functions in as far as in its historical sense, but also in its contemporary sense as a musical instrument. So you'll find a running theme in a lot of these paintings where the washboard features. The music for this episode was composed by Professor Emda and is the music being written for The Prells, a feature animation film around a fantastical creature living in a volcano who finds courage to challenge a bully, thus bringing freedom and progress to the community. teach at creative writing and you've taught at John Hopkins University and you're professor emeritus at Ohio State. What is it like working with American students? They have such a different outlook than someone who's grown up in, in Africa. I've been teaching for 40 years in, in this country and I, I wouldn't taught anywhere else except as a visiting professor and so on. Mm -hmm. So all I know are uh, American students when it comes to my to my teaching. Mm -hmm. And I do expect them to have a different outlook, you know, because it's a different culture, it's a different worldview. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely do expect them to have to be different from say Nigerian students or South African mm -hmm. students or Japanese students 
because they come from those different environments mm. and they are products of different histories and that they've been shaped by different events in their lives. What role do you see the arts playing? James Baldwin said, artists are here to disturb the peace. And, and I recently listening to some old interviews with Marion McCaba, she quotes Nelson Mandela, it's important to forgive, but not forget. Yes. How can the new cultural center at the South African consulate, what can they do to bring people together and, and make a difference? It is important for them as a South African cultural center, first and foremost, to showcase various aspects of South Africa to Americans. At the center, people should have access to interact with that culture. If they could have a library as well with South African books, they could have a venue also that shows South African films. There are a lot of films that are made in South Africa that are very good. Now there's Netflix, which showcases the whole world. If you go to Netflix, you'll find that a lot of the films or some of the films that rate the highest are made in South Africa mm. as some of the series, movies, and so on. There's one showing now called Blood and Water, which is so popular all over the world, including here. It's a series set in South Africa and made by South African filmmakers. So we have a film industry there that is functioning and um, is producing really wonderful art at very low budgets, you see at a budget that here in America would be the fee for one actor, <laughs> one of your major actors, you see. That fee, all of it, in South Africa, makes a movie of the same quality as a movie that would have been made by that one actor. Yeah. In South Africa also, we have fashion designers who have established labels that are international. And many people don't, don't know that. They will know when it's New York Fashion Week, but is those people who are interested in that area, in that field, at a professional level, rather than the ordinary people who just admire the fashion for its sake, see what other people are creating out there and be inspired as well. So if it showcases things like that, but not only that, there could be lectures and talks about mundane subjects, cuisine, for instance. The main thing is, giving ordinary people of the city here access to these things. Here, I'm not talking about, you know, high art or, or something like that, because that one is all over in the city here. You, you go to some of the major galleries, you'll see some of our top artists in those, in those galleries. Zanele Mohuri, for instance, her works sold out before opening day, you see. And those are not cheap works, you know, they are $100,000 a painting and so on. Sold out before opening day. But who sees those works here? Only art collectors and art dealers and art historians. A center like this would showcase that art now to ordinary people who would enjoy it for its own sake without any commercial objective as you find in professional galleries where South African works feature. And then people are able to interact with this culture 
to interact with this art. Not only, of course, South African artists who are based here, it could expose South African artists who live in South Africa to bring them over here also to showcase some of their works. So it could serve that very important function. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. My pleasure. South African Cultural Center, located at the South African Consulate at 845 3rd Avenue, will be introducing programming that will be open to everyone. Information will be available on their website. We hope Professor Emda will be back in New York when his books are available here and we can have a longer conversation. We hope to see you at the Cultural Center. Thank you. If you have enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe. You can connect with us through Elizabeth Howard at eh at elizabethhoward.com. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple, on Simplecast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join us next time when we engage, explore, and ask questions. <laughs>